Greetings, church and friends of the church. It, uh, this is the scripture lesson and the sermon from the gathering of the people of Valley Forge Presbyterian Church for worship on November 28th, 2021, the first Sunday uh, in the season of Advent. The, uh, the scripture of this episode is um, selected verses from the prophet Jeremiah, uh, chapter 33. Thus says the Lord who made the earth, the Lord who formed it to establish it. The Lord is his name. Call to me and I will answer you. And I will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. I will restore the fortunes of Judah and the fortunes of Israel and rebuild them as they were at first. I will cleanse them from all the guilt of their sin against me. And I will forgive all the guilt of their sin and rebellion against me. And this city shall be to me a name of joy, a praise and a glory before all the nations of the earth who shall hear of all the good that I do for them. They shall tremble because of all the good and all the prosperity I will provide for it. The days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will fulfill the promise I made to the house of Israel and the house of Judah. In those days and at that time, I will cause a righteous branch to spring up for David, and he shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In those days, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And this is the name by which it will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. So this past Sunday was the beginning of the Christian year. First Sunday of Advent marks a new year. And the church around the world began to tell the story of Jesus all over again. Because the more we tell the story of Jesus, the more we remember that that's our story too. Our particular story as Valley Forge Presbyterian Church did not start in the 1950s. And it's not confined to the particular people who are able to do particular things in that particular building. The story of Valley Forge Presbyterian Church and the other congregations of which I've had the joy and honor of being part in my life is the story of the church. And the story of the church is the story of Jesus. And the story of Jesus is born out of the story of Israel which is the story of God intervening in this world through willing human partners in order to guide the world back to a restored order of peace, justice, and the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. The story of Israel began with God creating a covenant with Abraham. God promised to guide and keep him and all his descendants, and they, in return— and as part of this covenant, promised to commit themselves as a people to God's purposes of guiding all the nations of the earth to places of peace. This whole story has always been about God and God's people working together to restore peace in the world. Of course, as is true for any story involving us humans, there were and are always disruptions to God's divine and good intentions, Sometimes 
inadvertently by human actors, but sometimes very much on purpose due to human greed or judgmentalism or violence. All of these things that we have brought upon ourselves and have not been part of God's design. However, but there were, are also always people who partnered with God's guiding spirit to get the story back on track. The pharaohs enslaved Abraham's descendants for 400 years until Moses willingly partnered with God to lead the people on the exodus. During the Persian Empire, an advisor to the Persian king developed a plan to exterminate the Jewish people until Esther willingly partnered with God's guiding spirit to advocate with the king and the people were saved. Philistines threatened to wipe out the Israelite people until a young man named David described as having a heart after God's own heart, partnered with God's guiding spirit to not only face and defeat the champion Goliath in that moment, but also to then lead the people for decades so that they might be restored in strength and in their capacity to fulfill their covenant purpose of nurturing peace in this world. And when the Assyrian and Babylonian empires attacked, defeated, exiled the descendants of Abraham, and the people were tempted to believe that their story uh, was coming to an end, that God's plan for the world was being overwhelmed. When that happened, prophetic voices like Jeremiah partnered with God's guiding spirit to address the people in that place of uncertainty, reminding them of God's eternal promise, an eternal story. So why? Why were Moses and Esther and David willing to put themselves into such risky places and seeking to do what many around them thought was impossible? Why were Isaiah and Jeremiah and the other prophets willing to promise to the people in their distress, their dislocation, their uncertainty, what many around them thought was an impossible thing to promise? Their willingness was born of hope. And hope is how we describe waiting with expectation for something that we trust will happen. Hope has a measure of certainty to it. So in this way, hope is very different than just wishing. When I say, I hope that when I walk out into my driveway today, someone will walk up to me with a briefcase full of a million dollars, that's not actually hope because I have, I have no reason to trust that this will happen. I have some great neighbors, but that ain't gonna happen. Similarly, similarly, I used to say when I was younger that I hoped to be a major league baseball player. But because there was absolutely no quantifiable or qualitative reason to trust that this could actually happen as a relatively short, relatively weak, and very, very slow athlete, this was obviously a wish and not real hope. Whenever there is a longing that's based on selfish desires or dreams, illogical rationale, where there's no reason to trust that our longings are realistic and promised, that is wishing. But where there is a longing based on precedent, and logical patterns and rhythms where there is reason to trust that our longings are realistic and promised. That is hope. Moses, Esther, and David had hope. 
Moses acted on his trust in what God had promised his ancestors and was promising to him in the present. He knew that God was trustworthy based on what he knew about his past. He wasn't just wishing that Pharaoh's reign of terror uh, over the enslaved Israelites would, would just magically end. He had hope. Esther wasn't just wishing that her people would be spared. David wasn't just wishing that his people would be saved. They all had very real reasons to hope. And those reasons were the precedent of God's promises and actions. Promises fulfilled. Actions that were true to those promises. What God had promised in their past had always come to be true. God demonstrated that God was trustworthy. So the prophets were not just offering cliches, platitudes, unfounded promises to the people. Rather, they remembered the stories that they would retell year after year after year. Stories of Passover, the Exodus, manna in the wilderness, the promised land, the season of great strength under the rule of David and his descendants. And these, and these stories weren't just to entertain or to inform. They were stories that had the ability to nurture a deep sense of hope within God's people. Hope regarding their lives and circumstances on earth, not just a heavenly hope about someday when they die. And so we hear the prophets time and time again reminding the people as they were in these challenging seasons and circumstances of these stories of God's faithfulness so that hope was reawakened within them on earth in their here and now. This is who Jeremiah was. Jeremiah was a prophet during the time of the Babylonian exile. So the Babylonian empire had come in and, and made Judah a vassal state. They revolted and they regained their independence and then Babylon came in again and then they revolted again. And after that, Babylon was not so kind. They destroyed Jerusalem, including the temple. And they exiled the Jewish king and most of its people, which was pretty much the end of their existence as a nation at that time. As we might imagine, this must have seemed to be the end of this larger story of, of God and God's people working together to bring peace to the world. Because the only way they knew how to be these people was no longer a possibility. They had no land, they had no temple, no resources, no freedom. It was, it was during this exile that Psalm 137 was penned. By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and there we wept when we remembered Zion. On the willows there we hung up our harps. For there our captors asked us for songs and our tormentors asked for mirth, saying, sing us the songs of Zion, but how could we sing the Lord's song in this foreign land? We can, we can hear the hopelessness and the desperation in these words. They sat down, they wept, they hung up their instruments of praise. They were giving up on their story. But Jeremiah was not without hope. Jeremiah knew that God always keeps this story alive because God is larger than and outside of any and all human circumstances. God's story is timeless. 
And although it can be disrupted, it cannot be stopped. The most oft-quoted affirmation of God's promise made by Jeremiah um, is from chapter 29, where, when Jeremiah speaks for God, saying, I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare, your well-being, and not for harm, plans to give you a future with hope. Jeremiah knew that God would guide the story back on track. Jeremiah had hope, and he narrated this hope. We can hear it in this text from chapter 33 that we share in this episode. God will restore Judah and Israel. They will be rebuilt. My people will be a joy. And because of them, all the nations of the earth will hear of the goodness of God. It's a, it's a sure thing. Hope. We hear the hope, not wishing. It is a sure thing that this day will come. Surely it will. It is a sure thing that God will fulfill the promise made in the covenant. It's a sure thing that someday in the future, this great and hidden thing will happen. God will raise up a righteous branch from the descendants of David, and this righteous one will execute justice and righteousness in the land. We can hear the hope that's just overflowing out from these words and the stark contrast between them and the hopelessness of the people. And we don't forget also what Jeremiah told the people was God's guidance upon them as they were waiting, hopefully, and waiting for this righteous one to come, waiting for their nation to be freed and rebuilt. This is, this is what Jeremiah speaks on behalf of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Here it is. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Take wives, have sons and daughters. Take wives for your sons. Give your daughters in marriage that they may bear sons and daughters. Multiply there. Do not decrease. But seek the welfare of the city where I have sent you into exile, and pray to the Lord on its behalf. For in its welfare, you will find your welfare. Don't give up. Don't shrink back. Don't hide from Babylon. Engage it. Live there. Build houses. Build relationships. Multiply. Seek their well-being, and when you do, you'll find your own. Jeremiah's hope was so profound that he called the people to see that their story was not over, and it was not even paused while they were in such difficult circumstances. Their story was still very much alive. The story of bringing the light and the truth of God to all the nations of the world— they didn't need their own land to do that. They didn't need their temple and its religion to do that. They didn't need their harps and their songs to do that. They just needed hearts of compassion, kindness, love for neighbor, and faithfulness to God's guidance. And so with hope that God would lead them to being restored as a nation, hope that God would someday raise up this righteous one to usher in the kingdom of justice and peace in this world, they got to work acting out their story by seeking the welfare of the Babylonians with gardens and marriages and all kinds of goodwill. 
I think that our congregation can understand, at least to some small degree, how the people felt when they were first exiled. Our congregation and, and so many other congregations are in a season now that feels like we're on the verge of exile. Like everything we know is forced behind us. Like the only way we know how to be the church in this world is, is no longer a possibility. It's not, it's not still within our grasp. And so maybe to a certain degree, it feels like it's time to hang up our instruments and weep. And many, many congregations have. With weeping, they have faded into quiet as the doors have closed. I, I know how this season we are in can feel like we are a congregation nearing the end of our story, but we have to remember our story is not just about us. The story of the Israelites in Babylon, that is our story too, because both their story and our story are part of the one larger and timeless and unstoppable story of God's restoration of the world with help from willing human partners. And so the story of Jesus and the church in the world starts on the first Sunday of Advent with the affirmation that is first and foremost a story of hope. God has promised to be eternally at work, bringing about God's desired end of peace and justice in partnership with willing and faithful people. And to claim that that's our story is not wishful thinking. It's hope. God has never failed to keep this story on track. We have no reason to doubt that our story will continue until its God-appointed ending, even if there are disruptions like exiles and major shifts in culture that disconnect us from the ways that we used to know how to be the church that became normal and habitual but aren't as fitting anymore. We have to remember the Babylonian Empire fell and the people returned to Judah. The city and the temple were rebuilt. Freedom and harps were restored. The story continued. And the people were even more hopeful because of it. They waited hundreds of years until the righteous one of David's line was born. And what God promised would surely happen, happened. Thousands of years later, here we are. We find ourselves in the midst of the same story, but we're on the other side of the righteous one being born. And we are the partners in the nurture of his kingdom of peace and justice and righteousness in all the land. And yes, we are facing challenge and disruption and circumstances that bring sadness and doubt. So many congregations are. But we remember that God has promised us a future of well-being and not harm. Our story is not nearing its end. God will guide us through this season of challenge and change and new vision unto a new season of faith. And for us to trust this promise that the major changes we envision for our future at Valley Forge will bring us uh, refreshed life and witness. To, to claim that and to trust in that is not wishful thinking. It's hope. Hope is built on certainty. There are thousands of years of precedent. 
upon which we base our trust in God's promise. So a new day is surely coming. So the candle that we light on the first day of Advent reminds us that we face our challenges and the changes before us with hope, expecting God's spirit to guide us through them. And while we're in the midst of facing these challenges and enduring difficult seasons of renovation and change, we remind each other with hope that our story of being God's partners and seeking the well-being of, of those around us in King of Prussia, that story is neither over nor is it even paused. But it continues despite our changing circumstances as we continue to seek the well-being of the community. Or in the well-being of our community, we will discover our own. Because God is faithful. And therefore, we have that certain hope. And we will seek to love and serve our neighbors. Our story isn't ending. In fact, since it's the first Sunday of Advent, we give thanks for our story, part of the greatest story ever told. It's, it's only beginning. Amen. Peace be to all. I wish you all a blessed Advent season. Be safe and stay well. Take care.